Welcome to Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan, a podcast where two friends catch up and talk about whatever nerdy stuff comes to mind, usually over hookah. Enjoy. Having a having another kid. Going back yeah. in the going back in the thick of things. Hi, Maddie. Congratulations, by the way. I didn't know if that was public knowledge or not, so I didn't bother to share with anyone. But it's no problem. We just we just posted something on Facebook. I guess since you just announced it to the world on hookah chats and everybody in the country listens to hookah chats, Mm -hmm. cats out of the bag. (laughs) Andrea, excited to have a little brother on the way. She is. She wanted a sister. But uh, when we told her it was a boy today, she was like, you know, I'm still excited. I'm like, good. I mean, you don't have much of a choice. So, I mean. Yeah, I give that about six weeks. Yeah, that's what I figured. After, after the baby's born, then she's like, I'm done with this. Yeah. Is it going to do anything? I'm like, give it a year. <laughs> then, <laughs> then we'll start doing so. That's what happened to you, kid. <laughs> set, the kid's setting up shop in our room. <laughs> that's, that's our plan. <laughs> That's all right. I have a big giant house and my daughter still stays with us. There you go. All right. Business time. Business time. What's on the docket today, Matt? What what are we complaining about today? I did not I did not catch the newest episode of Kenobi. I probably won't be able to do it until tonight. But uh, <laughs> oh man, that was what I was gonna first bitch about. I'm sorry. It's so much fun doing our I like it so much better when we do our nerd podcast than when we do our like politics podcast. I, I just I leave agree. angry. No, no, I still leave angry when we do our nerd podcast too, but uh, I leave nerd, I leave nerd angry, which is just kind of happy to be bitching. No, exactly. No, I'm totally with you. I tried to watch it. I just didn't get a chance. Like last night I asked Beth if she was interested in watching and she was sort of doing other things. And so we we just didn't get to it, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, the, the power of the hyperspeed operator. And his ability to <laughs> apparently, you know, shift the forces of the universe. Um, you'll, you'll see what I mean. Oh, it, like, it's very, there's nothing new in it. There's nothing in it that you haven't seen before. And I swear to God, if I see one more shot of like a bad guy standing silhouetted against the good guy's ship flying off into the distance, like it happens in every episode, in every show. Yeah. Like, don't you guys have I can't believe they haven't developed radar or <laughs> like some some way of detecting whether a ship's coming in or not. <laughs> yeah. So like th- that might be worth talking about, you know, at least for a little bit in this episode. I I think um after after the uh Rise of Skywalker um like the the I guess episode 9 in the Skywalker <laughs> franchise I had this moment, and I might—I forget if I talked to you about it or not, but I, I definitely talked to Nick about it. I know it came up with Nick, where I was like, you were complaining about it, and Nick was like, you know, we just, I think we just have to admit that we just don't like Star Wars very much. And, <laughs> and, and I was like, I was like, now hang on a second. He's like, no, I think that's fair. Like, you know, there's how many films, how many movies do you like? And I'm like, that's true. I would have received an F, you know, and <laughs> if, 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 you know, if I was being graded, I like, I like four movies, you know, and then I hate like <laughs> two movies. Um, but I, but I legitimately like four of them episodes four, five, and six in Rogue One. Those are the four I like, you yeah. know, and, and after that, I'm like, well, the prequels, I always sort of hate love the prequels because they were a part of my childhood growing up even though they're trash and and then there's no redeeming quality for the new trilogy so like i have nothing to say that's good about that except you know every now and again when poe dameron is able to be himself i don't hate that but garbage garbage and so maybe maybe i have to admit that maybe at the end of the day there's a very small amount of star wars properties that i really like and the rest are you know, eh, maybe maybe I just don't like it very much. <laughs> you know what I think? I think um, if it were if it were a show that I didn't care so much about, I wouldn't be as offended by it, right? I think it's because I love Star Wars that I hate Star Wars. Because <laughs> what ha- what happens is, like, if it was a Harry Potter movie, like I know Beth's 
uber into Harry Potter. I, I don't think I've seen one of those movies the whole way through. Like, um, I wouldn't care. I, I just wouldn't care as much. But like when it's Star Wars, it's something near and dear to my heart, near and dear to my childhood. I get like offended easy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, of course. Me too. I have a greater expectation of it than what than what I would on some other property. Um, I just went and saw the new Top Gun. Oh, yeah. How movie. was it? I, I liked it. It wasn't yeah. as good as the first one, but sure. sequels rarely are. I don't think it's as good as everyone says it is, mm. but it, it wasn't. It wasn't bad, but you can't take it seriously, right? Like I saw people online complaining about it, saying like, "Well, they're they're obviously it's it's pro military." Well, of course it's pro military. It's, it's Top Gun, <laughs> done by the military. You know, they didn't they didn't find like Joe average dudes to fly the planes. You know, they're, like of course it's pro military, or you know, they're 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 promoting like. Um, killing people and bombing people like every other movie ever you know like john wick watch john wick (laughs) right 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 um so i wasn't because because i don't it doesn't they're like making parallels to it being against about like the uh iranian nuclear program and they're like oh it's clearly the iranian nuclear program it's an ambiguous enemy it's set in a fictitious geographical world it it doesn't it it doesn't have to make sense you know yeah some of the stuff that happens in it is ludicrous but that's because it's just an action it's just an action movie there's nothing like there's no there there i mean it's it's fun to watch tom cruise does it again like he managed to make a movie that i didn't hate like (laughs) i don't think i've seen any tom movie tom cruise movies that i hate like except for maybe this guy but like Mm -hmm. he he uh, just does action movies and that's all it is. It doesn't have to be deeper than that. Um, Star Wars makes a bold claim to be bigger than just, you know, a space movie. Right. It's, it's bigger than that. Right. And it's, it's bigger than that in its scope and it's bigger than that in its effort um, with the lore and the backstories and the multifaceted storylines and, like it's it's bigger than that it's supposed to be bigger than that it's supposed to be a world um and when they fail to live up to it it's offensive (laughs) yeah yeah no i i think that's true i i I reflect on um i didn't see top gun i i didn't see the original top gun it was sort of you know it's before my time but like yeah i think that a there are a lot of internet people who are either getting paid to do this or just like or just doing it because they have nothing better to do, you know, than right. to tear apart a film. But like, I think you're just the distinction you're making is a good one where the difference between a film that, that grasps for like deeper themes and then fails to live up to those themes. I think that, well, yeah, we, we, we have to critique that then like, because it does, it fails to live up to what it says it's going to do. Um, which has always been my problem with the new Star Wars trilogy. You know, I've I've talked about this ad nauseum to anybody <laughs> who will listen. Like, my biggest <laughs> problem with the new trilogy is that it it takes the themes, you know, of Star Wars, even in a like the spiritual kind of themes of Star Wars, the philosophical themes of Star Wars, and in a way that not even the prequels managed to do it, just sort of fuck them up. Just be, just it's all over them. Right? Demon- demonstrate that they have no. Um, either no care for those themes or are not really able to grasp those themes. Well, you know, um, like the prequels, the, the, we talked, you know, in our episode last week where the, one of the, the silliest gripes of the prequels is how they interpret the original trilogy. Like it's, it's this weird interpretation of things, but at the end of the day, even though the interpretation is wacky, like the prequels manage to capture something of the themes that the original trilogy is going for. Like, you know, what is the force? How, how all of this is supposed to work? You know, what is goodness and evil and stuff like that? Even if they do it badly, which I freely admit they do. Um, the, the new trilogy, you know, and a lot of the, well, I'll just stick to the new trilogy for a second. The new trilogy, eh, I mean, they, they, the, let's burn the Jedi order down. Why? I, I don't know if I get it, you know, or, or like, <laughs> yeah. or like Ray, well, Ray has transcended the light and the dark side. So 
So in, in listeners in Christian world, you know, in Christian <laughs> theology world, which once again, I'm not saying Star Wars is a Christian film. I'm just, there's, I come from a venerable tradition of philosophical reflection on good and evil. <laughs> like, like, you know, and, and, and there are many venerable traditions of philosophical reflection on good and evil that the new trilogy did not access, you know, Eastern and Western. <laughs> like in my tradition, if you claim that something is beyond good and evil that's just another way of saying something is evil <laughs> like, like because the beyondness <laughs> the beyondness you know to say oh no i i've transcended needing to make moral choices okay yeah the, that just means you make immoral choices buddy like like that that right. means you're evil you know and so when ray says <laughs> oh the light in the dark so it doesn't really work for me you know i can i can kind of you know dabble and and stuff like in the Western tradition, we would call that nihilism. We would say, right, you, you believe in power and the ability right. to take power for your own goals. Emperor Palpatine believes that as well. You know, you're not right. Well, she, you're, she is a right. Palpatine after all. <laughs> yeah. And if that's where it went, I always said that from the beginning, if Ray would just be evil, then the whole thing would work. Like it would work perfectly well, right. you know, like, like I'd be like, yeah, of course. Of course, she's evil. She's Palpatine, you know, like, <laughs> like, like she, she, even if, even if it's like a legitimate fall from grace, right? Like, even if Ray has these noble intentions, but like through her study, you know, it, it goes, well, at the end of the day, I don't care about what is good and, and evil. I care about my goals, what I want to do, and I'll access the power I need to do to do that. And to watch that corrupt her would be way, a way more interesting story than, oh, Ray's mm -hmm. transcended good and evil. And there's no consequences and everything works out great. You know, like how, how is that, how is that inspired? How is that better than Luke Skywalker throwing his lightsaber away and saying, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kill you. You know, like I'm, I yeah. am a Jedi, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'll never get, I'll never get why like Ray's story is even equal, even remotely equal to Luke's story <laughs> of, of overcoming <laughs> and, it's and, and like not. And, and you know what? I think the most offensive thing about the new trilogies were to me was they, they, they seem. The prequels were a money grab, but they were also. You know, something that George Lucas had wanted to flush out before. So there was like a point to that, even though they were bad. They there was a reason to have the last three really felt like a money grab. Now. <clears throat> Take, for example, the Jurassic Park world, right? Jurassic Park was a good original story written by Michael Crichton. It was a really good book. I read it whenever I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is wrapped up and done at the end of the first movie. Like, that's all it was, right? There wasn't supposed to be a big, long Jurassic World thing and every single film that they've done since then has been a money grab now it's right. true michael crichton did write a book called the lost world that was supposed to be a prequel to jurassic park hmm. and i read it too and it was decent but it wasn't as good but that was like the book version of a money grab but sure. <laughs> but the point is like the story was complete it was it was told in its fullness and everything was in that first film and everything else was just added on for money. So you can expect them not to be as good, right? Like I said, this new Jurassic Park Dominion is going to come out and it is going to suck balls. It's going to be horrible. Like, it's just going to be a terrible, terrible movie. But it's going to have dinosaurs in it. Kids are going to buy toys and they're going to put on the lunchboxes. And that's what it's intended for. Fine. Fine. Let it be that. But Jurassic Park has already been told it's already been done and it was never alluded to have a bigger world involved in it star wars on the other hand always had this bigger world element to it yeah. like it was always designed to be built upon and expansive and to see them take it in a money grab situation is what's what bothers me the most now when i look at a show like the mandalorian for example i'm not saying that they're not making tons of money they, they certainly are. But that wasn't the impetus for it, right? Like they wanted to, Dave Filoni and um, what's his name? John Favreau wanted to tell an original story within that world 
and they kind of they didn't mess with the Skywalker saga too much, and they made a really good, compelling story. It mm-hmm. seems like, and because that was successful, now we're we're money grabbing again with like Kenobi and with I don't know what Andor is going to be like. I don't know what the Ahsoka trilogy or Ahsoka thing is going to be like. But like they have the opportunity to really make good, powerful, compelling stories. Yeah. Right. And to do something similar to like the Marvel Universe has done, which the Marvel Universe has like decades and decades of comic book storylines to pull from. Like so there there's plenty of interesting stories to tell there. But um, as long as you just don't go for it to make money, you should be fine. And as long as you treat it with the respect and the care that it's due, you should be fine. You don't have to worry about that with Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park's done, you know, like that's why that's why the last Indiana Jones one sucked. Like the original Indiana Jones movies were great, but they all were their own complete stories. Right. They didn't they didn't have to be expanded upon, Um, even though like in Raiders of the Lost Ark. It it doesn't matter if even if Indiana Jones is even in that movie, (laughs) like he doesn't do anything. (laughs) Right. Like there's, there's, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no impact at all whatsoever in the story that Indiana Jones has in that. Right. It it happens around Indiana Jones. Right. Right. Yeah. But, but like he absolutely does nothing to, you know, do anything in that movie. Like if he hadn't been in the movie, if he'd never been born, things would have turned out exactly the same. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But that's okay. It was a, it was a cool adventure story. It wasn't supposed to be bigger than Right. Star Wars has the audacity to say that it's bigger than it is. And then we expect that from it, which is right. why we get so butthurt whenever it doesn't deliver. Yeah, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. Um, my whole thing with the stories that they're trying to tell with Star Wars is they is it lives and dies. I think the stories live and die based on two criterion. I think that lives and dies based on, one, their ability to craft characters that we care about which is true of every story right like but but in particular with like like why is the mandalorian successful well you know by episode three of the first season of the mandalorian you get him as a character you wrap your brain around him you have you you know you, you can sense his emotions through the helmet which is amazing you know it's 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 right it shows expertly directed and acted and written work so so that's one thing and all the other characters i think fall in line too like i i'll i'll sing bill barr's praises for bill burr's praises, not bill barr fuck bill barr bill burr <laughs> uh bill burr's praises you know for his ability to in two episodes create a character that we all like that we all understand right. and 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 wrap our brains around um timothy oliphant's the same way in two episodes in two episodes like and that's, and that's a credit to those yeah. and that's a credit to those guys as artists too because yeah. you know it's it, you can have you can have just a, an extremely well-written character and it and it die because the actor doesn't portray it very well or vice versa you can have a character that's not written terribly well i think a lot of bill burr stuff like it wasn't really written that way until bill burr made it that way yeah right? I agree. like i feel mm-hmm. like i feel like that character has so much bill burr in it yeah that um i don't i don't imagine another character or another actor i mean playing that character and ha- having the same sort of gravitas now, i'm I not agree. saying it couldn't be done but you know bill burr marked his territory with that character and that makes it better you know i don't i don't feel like the uh i can't remember daisy ridley did that with ray yeah, you know, I and, can, and I, I, can see, I think that's true. I can see just about anybody else playing that part. I mean, and, and it was a shit written part. Like, it's a garbage part. Like, it wasn't written to Ray as a character is not written well at all. No. But if you had, you know, a better actress in there, maybe she could pull it off. Yeah, maybe. You know, I, I can agree with that. Um, the, the other thing, the, the second criterion is, is tone like with these things right Right. like the mandalorian succeeds because it's a western and we go yeah sure it's a western like like they they hold on to that tone they stick to that tone they present that tone um um ahsoka if the only way the ahsoka story will work 
is if they stick to the tone they've set with Ahsoka in the episode of The Mandalorian she was in. So it's which, a samurai is, movie. which is a samurai story, right? And I go, right. great. Like, like that is different. It's unique. You know, I accept it. Like, and and I love it. Like, frankly, that's how the Jedi should have been portrayed anyway. You know, like like they right. they they should be portrayed as samurai. Um, well, they were and, originally thought to be. I mean, that's why Vader's mask looks the way it does. It's based off of a samurai mask. Exactly. You know? um, rather than monks, you know, Shaolin monks, which is okay. But like, I, I think I think that if they if they have tones in mind and and like and like the the, the stylization in mind then I'm willing to watch any of these stories. Really, the problem with Kenobi is that there's no tone. There's no, there's no like thing they're going for. If they, like you said in the last episode, if they wanted to do a born identity thing, they should have just done that, you know? And, right. and then at least we'd get it. Then at least be like, oh yeah, okay. Would it be our favorite? It probably wouldn't be my favorite, but, but it, it would be a tone. It would be something I'd get. Marvel, right. the Marvel shows actually do this relatively well. Um, even though I'm not always a big fan of them because I'm, I'm not always terribly interested in some of the characters, but like, you know, WandaVision had its own distinct sort of tone and, and kind of story it was telling Falcon and the winter soldier was this, you know, kind of spy movie or spy series, you know, that, that you buddy do. cop movies, buddy <laughs> cop, right. Spy buddy cop, you know, all kind of together, but it worked, you know, I don't know if you saw moon Knight. But but Moon Knight. I've seen some of Moon Knight, but I I never finished it because I just lost interest. In it, so yeah, it, it kind of. I watched the whole all of it, and and I agree. I think it it kind of crashes after a certain time. But like the beginning of Moon Knight, you know, kind of weird horror. You know, like like we combine some different things together. Great. Like like if you stick with that and don't go generic, that's your problem. Is when you go generic and and Kenobi so far. Um, is generic you know it, there's there's nothing distinctive about kenobi as as this and as the story except you not know, only is it generic it's it's practically plagiarism it's like the same things over and over again it drives me crazy you'll see when you watch episode five uh adequately titled episode five uh, right. <laughs> like you, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. You'll see some of the same tropes, and it's just like, God, are we doing this again? And they do it. I um, know that episode four, um, I thought was really bad. Like I, I, I don't even remember what happened in episode four. I guess Kenobi goes on the ship and rescues Leia. I don't actually. I, I can't even say again for sure what happens. I, I can't quite remember. But um, again. yeah, again, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, whatever. you know, it's good. It's really wrecking my my vision of Leia in uh, as the damsel in distress in episode four because, like, like she's obviously used to be taken prisoner. She's obviously used to be like held captive and stuff. Like, she shouldn't even be sweating it at all. Like, <laughs> well, the funny thing is, in episode four, she's not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know they, they bring her in she's totally alone and she's like hey well it's you it's grandma Tarkin, you piece of shit you garbage, <laughs> you garbage man i hate you you know and 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 vader's got her vader's got her by the fucking throat <laughs> she's like yeah. kill me i fucking dare you, <laughs> you know? like but that's just because carrie fisher is just a fucking giant she's a fucking colossus and and we'll never yeah. we'll never replace carrie fisher you know <laughs> as as uh that you know a character like that we'll never find an actress who can like do that who can show up to a to a uh, a role and go i'm just gonna play her like a fucking badass and i'm just gonna do that okay like like everything i say is gonna be badass and everybody's like sounds good carrie The, the two things that I really want you to watch okay, is Stranger Things because they've done it again. Like, I think the fourth season of Stranger Things is as good as the first season. It wow, is that's impressive. It is awesome. Cool. And the, the fact that they're able to repeat, go, go back to that well. And, and mine more or out of it. <laughs> like, <Sure. laughs> 
I can't I can't believe how good the storytelling is in that in that show. It it is really um, I mean I I can't not watch the next one. You know, sure, like sure. when I was watch like that is a binge worthy show because I can't like stop like I can't <laughs> stop in the middle and I, like I got to see what happened next. Like and to do that four seasons long, that's really a, a credit to the Duffer brothers and to all the actors and actresses and like the writers and it's just excellent so uh, we won't talk too much about it because you haven't seen it yet but i i could gush on stranger things for i think it's fantastic the other one i want you to watch i've been asking you to watch is the boys i know i know i gotta watch the boys i gotta watch the boys it's on my list just don't watch it around adrea (laughs) i won't we can't watch stranger things around adrea either she's pretty good she's she's pretty good at like some minor horror stuff where she's like that was scary and i'm like yeah i guess you know but uh no i i mean i i don't spend a lot of time talking about stranger things but like that's just because it's not always like kind of on my radar but like i i have to agree like i think stranger things is easily other than the first season of daredevil is easily the best thing netflix has ever done well maybe haunting of hill house i might put haunting of hill house yeah that was pretty good Um, i like the punisher with um, i like the punisher too actually yeah with wow i can't think of his name now the guy from the walking dead Right. Um, but he did an excellent job as the Punisher. I yeah, thought they I, made that story way more interesting than the Punisher actually is. Because if you <laughs> ever read like a Punisher war journal or something, it's not, yeah, it's <laughs> it's not, not that, that deep, right? Yeah, I said, I said that too. Uh, the first, the I haven't seen the second season of the Punisher. I, I want to. It's kind of on the list. It, they're now on Disney Plus. Disney finally bought them. Yeah. But uh, I remember finishing the first season of the Punisher going, this guy did not phone it in and he could yeah. have easily phone this in. Like, like he's really, he's really trying to dig deep here and, like, and yeah. like figure out how to make this character, like a real character, you know, right. like, like somebody you can really like dig into. Um, and that show was cool. At least the first season for my memory was cool because it was a really frank look at, you know, just like the effects of war as well. And so there was that kind of interesting double theme where you have the, the heavy action that's really fun and compelling. And then, you know, the B plot is this like, Frank's trying to get his brain working and, and yeah. any veteran he meets, they're also trying to like figure it out, like, like in, in function and survive. Um, and, and I, so I think it's a really great, like, I think the Punisher was a really great example of like, contemporary like storytelling taking a genre that 15 years ago would not have been treated like that you know it would have no been it would have been it would have been a commando movie with arnold schwarzenegger in it exactly. you know it would have been bereft of any kind of emotion and it would have just been a straight up bullet body counting action flick and i think that um john barenthal i think his name is something yeah. like that uh has has own that character and and the writers you know credit to them but like it it's more than that it's more than a commando you know and it's and it's it's a worthwhile watch and i think that part of the problem that i have with kenobi is we don't have any of those deep sort of rooted characters we don't have characters that are simple like the one of the things that i really long for is like something that batman on Barry did so well with poison ivy right Mm. a sympathetic villain like a villain that you don't that you don't like obviously they're bad but you can kind of get it like you understand why they're being that way like it makes sense like that's why magneto was always one of my favorite marvel villains because like if you stop and listen to magneto he's kind of right (laughs) exactly most of the time like he's he's pretty on point like it's hard to argue with him and that makes for a, a good, powerful villain, right? Yeah. I think they tried to do that with the prequels with Darth Vader a bit. And it's a varying degrees of success. I mean, I think we've we've come to appreciate Vader for what he is, despite, yeah, the, uh, despite the, the prequels, because we understand like we understand what the point was is just pulled off very bad in the movies. But we can forgive that because we all love Vader so much. Yeah. But like there's really nothing that drives the story more than um, having a, having a good villain that you can identify with and that you can, that you kind of understand why they're, why they're like that, or to have a villain that leaves that completely in the dark, like, like Heath Ledger's 
Joker did. Sure. Right. Sure. Where 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 you're he's charismatic and he's he's funny in a way and he he's scary in a way, mm-hmm. but he he's not like a you know a cookie cutter uh, Freddy Krueger or Jason or something like that where you know it's just he's only there to be an antagonist. Like he's got his own story too. You might want to hear that story. Yeah. You know, yeah. as long as it as long as it's not you know the one with Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> which i have not seen it might be the greatest film of all time i don't know it is i not. doubt it i doubt it you know like, like when i first when i first saw the original trailer for that movie i thought i was looking at a joke <laughs> like, I, was, I was like i mean this isn't real guys this is some some dude in a clown outfit and, and they go no it's gonna be real and i'm like uh okay <laughs> that's fine uh, i'm glad yeah, but, to become but you, under, you understand what i mean though especially like with the the poison ivy thing like i think that's yeah. why that works so well is because poison ivy was a sympathetic villain in batman I'm very, like right. you understood where she was coming from and you're like you know what she's not all wrong no she's, she's not. bad but she's not all wrong right. <laughs> well and and you know let's talk, let's talk about villains I, I i think that you know for me the i have villains in mind for two different two different mediums i have pro wrestling villains Right. Which which the whole purpose of pro wrestling villains is is just the short term. I hate you. You know, like like and that's yeah. and that's they're fun. antagonists. That's they're that's, antagonists. That's their point. Simple stories like told well, you know, it, it, are what make pro wrestling work well. Right. Like what makes a good wrestling heel, a wrestling villain? It, purely. It has nothing to do with backstory. It has nothing to do with power. It has everything to do with whether or not you look at that person and go. I would pay money to watch that person lose every night for the rest of my life. Like, and some of those villains do really great work. And that's why Ric Flair is one of the best villains of all time in, in pro wrestling, yada, yada, yada. Outside of that, like for me, I think villains, you, you can do a number of compelling things with villains. The thing that I don't like is making villains, not villains and, and right. saying, well, maybe there are no villains. And I was like, no, no, there are villains. Like there are people <laughs> who do bad things. Like it's great if they're sympathetic. Like, I think that's fine. What makes the, the Poison Ivy thing really great in Batman and Buried is yes, you're right. She's a sympathetic villain, but what makes her sympathetic is also what caught, gives her a redemption arc. And sure. that's, that's the compel. That's a, a really good compelling thing you can do in a villain is you know, you establish the villain is really bad. You you also can establish that there's a sympathetic component, and you can use its sympathetic component to either show redemption arc or make the inevitable downfall really tragic. You know, and and you really walk away from that. My favorite. We'll stick with Batman for just a second because I have some some thoughts about it. This is why my favorite Batman villain is Two Face. Right, and I'll and I'll die on that hill. Like, um. Two-Face is a great villain for Batman, A, because he's simple. It works. He's not going for world domination. It's all in Gotham. He's a great Batman villain because of his backstory. It not only puts Batman in jeopardy, but also puts Bruce Wayne in jeopardy because my buddy, I couldn't save my buddy. My buddy spiraled out of control. It's bad. He's also a great villain because he started out really good. Yeah. And, And, but his evil side is sort of him. You know, like like he he goes from trying to restore order in Gotham using the law to kind of trying to restore order in Gotham using crime. Like 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 right. it's it's sort of, it's interesting in that way. Um, and and anytime he has a redemption, and there are a couple of times in different Two Face stories, um, it's always in an appeal to Harvey Dent. It's always to appeal to that part of him that died, and right. and when he's able to reclaim that part of him. That's what makes his redemption interesting, but it's also what makes his inevitable losses interesting too. And it's what makes you feel for him. Um, have you ever seen the movie? It's on HBO Max. I don't know if you have HBO Max. Um, it's on HBO Max. It's an animated movie. It's, it's, a, it's called Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Uh-huh. And um, uh, fantastic film. One of the best animated Batman movies I've ever seen. And uh, joke... The, so the main villain, Joker's in the movie, but Joker's not really the main villain. The main villain is this new character called the Phantasm, who's like just mm-hmm. this, this like kind of gross Grim Reaper looking motherfucker. Really cool. Yeah. Um, 
and and as and so the big mystery of the show is who is the phantasm and why is the phantasm killing mob bosses and and like fucking things up and then like framing batman for it like batman sort of test ends up taking the fall because they look similar enough that people think it's batman um and it turns out that the phantasm is actually a woman it's the daughter of a man that all these mob bosses conspired to kill and it also turns out that this woman, Andrea Beaumont, who's the phantasm, was Bruce Wayne's first love. Like, that's what you learn. You learn that, you know, kind of throughout it, that Andrea Beaumont and Bruce almost gave up being Batman for Andrea, but Andrea's dad gets murdered and she goes on the run and, and ends up being Batman anyway. And there's this really incredible moment at the end of this movie where she's coming after the last mob boss, which is some unnamed lackey who is now the Joker. Like, like you, it's like this little tease of Joker's backstory. This unnamed lackey that nobody knows who, who he was. He was just some hired gun for the mob bosses. Um, he is now the Joker. Andrea Beaumont discovers he's now the Joker. And so Phantasm goes after the Joker. And there's this really great moment where Batman, Phantasm, and Joker are all kind of fighting. And, you know, Batman's trying to keep Andrea Beaumont from killing the Joker. It, it's really, really great. And, and at the very end, Andrea Beaumont like takes off the phantasm masks and has Joker and, and Batman, you know, kind of has him by the collar and Batman goes, you know, Andrea, you don't have to do this. Like we've got him. It's, he, he, we, we have him. He can't go anywhere. We can, we can throw him in jail. We can get rid of him. We can get, find justice. You don't have to do this. You can be with me. It's over. And Andrea Beaumont like looks at Joker and goes, no, no, this ends now. And she looks at Batman. She goes, I'm sorry, my love. And then kills him. Yeah. Like, 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 and Joker's <laughs> laughing hysterically. He's like, this is the best. Like, like, <laughs> you, you lost Batman. Like, like an Andrea, like, in, you know, there's this like fog motif where like the phantasm makes fog. And so fog comes up and Joker's laughing maniacally. And Batman screams and they disappear. And, and in that animated show, Joker dies. And it's over. Yeah. And it's so tragic because the one thing that should redeem the phantasm she says no to she's like no well that I'm makes it more it. powerful that's why yeah. that's why i can't stand the whole kylo ren thing yes like, you're exactly like right. it, <laughs> like we you know what let him have that that moral tension and then have him lose it yeah you know and that, or that's fine or like let ray go down that path or whatever because right. you know we don't want to really we want to see our villains get get their comeuppance right like even if even if we agree with them, like, like I said, Magneto is probably my, my all time favorite villain, just for the fact that like, I think if I was a mutant, I'd probably be on team Magneto. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, but he never gets to like, as much as you agree with him, as much as you identify him, you still know that he's wrong. You still know he's a bad guy. And he's, he's, he's fine with that. He's like, okay, you know, I'm, (laughs) you know, call me that. I don't care. Right. And I think, that that makes him a strong villain right um most villains don't have the luxury of being that deep you know but most villains aren't that great you know bond villains are kind of boring you know they have a shtick or they have a they have a quirk or something but they're not really that deep right 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 so it's nice to see something like poison ivy or you know darth vader that has that redemptive arc at the end, but like it's tragic because it, like just when he starts coming back to the light, he's dead. You know, yeah, so his, it doesn't. His journey to the light causes him to die. No, I think that's true. Right. That's so, true. Uh, the other thing you can do with villains, and this is sort of the Tolkien approach, right, is to have like the big bad, like the Sauron right. character. But I think what makes the only way the only way that becomes compelling is if. Sauron's not really a thing. Like Sauron's not really a person. Like, yeah, I guess he's a person, but like Sauron, Sauron is just sort of evil. Like we have to another, you could just replace Sauron with, we have to stop the evil, right? Oh, right. the evil that's out there. Um, but, but even Tolkien understands you can't just have Sauron be the only villain. Like you have to, you have to, you know, kind of create these antagonists in your story that are at the end of the day, maybe not like, Maybe not villains in the traditional sense. Like, is Boromir a villain? Well, I mean, that's a tough question. Like, Boromir is um, an antagonist in Fellowship of the Ring by the end. 
Like there's and and so yes, like if Boromir didn't snap out of it, he'd have killed Frodo and taken the ring, and that had just been it. You know, like it it wouldn't have it wouldn't have, have you know mattered. Or like um, Denethor is Denethor a villain? I mean, I guess in in his way, yes. Yeah, but, but look but, at all the good things that Denethor has been doing for like decades. Right, Denethor, <laughs> right? still, Denethor still. There's nothing to indicate that he's like a bad steward. You know, he's yeah. Just, he he's been holding the line in, in Mordor against Mordor for the rest of the free world for like 50 years. Like, exactly. How bad could the guy be? Right. <laughs> exactly. And and so like I think you can do stories like that. That's what makes um. Well, the Wheel of Time doesn't quite do it like that. Like even in the books, you know, like the there there are individual um, like like fallen ones, you know, like like there's some like basically mini bosses up until uh, right. the last book, but but they're not really they're not really redeemed, you know, or redeemable. They're just they're just right. But there. you can have you can have those kind of sub villains be yeah part and party to like that's why the devil is such a great villain right you never get to the devil right <laughs> like the devil makes other people do things right that the devil right. possesses people or whatever and the devil is the great ultimate big bad because you never like the problem with lord of the rings is like once sauron's defeated story's over man it's it right. it's over right so if and, and in star wars like if palpatine is the big bad and you throw him down like the exhaust shaft of the Death Star. The story's over, man. It's over. It's that's, done. That's it. There's no more, right? Right. Unless we resurrect them and bring them back. Like, how are the fuck that works? But the point is, like, once you've got a big bad, if you actually defeat that big bad, stop. Like, your story's done. Right. You right. know. Yeah, and and that's you know the inherent problem with with uh, the way in which we consume stories now. I think like. Like we know this, the why is Jurassic Park Dominion called Jurassic Park? It's because nobody's gonna go see Dino Planet One. Like, like nobody's gonna go <laughs> right. see that. You know, nobody's they're gonna go see Jurassic Park. Why is you know? Even though I can, we just watched one. We just watched uh, Treasure Planet, which is I know it's just a retelling of Treasure Island, but like <laughs> we just watched Treasure Planet like two nights ago one of my favorite sci-fi animated movies it's a great film yes i know once again it's just treasured island but like <laughs> we're not gonna get you know a better example is like titan ae which is which, right. which i will live and die on like is, is one of the best animated sci-fi movies ever yeah. um like titan ae is a totally original story it's it's well made expertly voice acted nathan lane is in it like like give me a break <laughs> you know uh Nathan Lane, who else is in that? Drew Barrymore, Nathan Lane, fucking um, uh, Born Identity guy. Matt Damon? Matt Damon, there you go. Like, yeah. they all voice people in that movie. It's a great movie. It looks great. It's it's compelling. It's cool. We're not going to get movies like that. Right. We're not going to get stories like that. We might get stuff like that if we go, like, if we just dive into indie films. But we're let's face it, we're not going to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like, that's sort of the inherent problem with the way we consume media now is that it, it becomes increasingly more difficult to find stories like that. That's why, like, the podcasting world is a great is a great medium because we do find stories like that in the podcasting world. It's why those rare times where, you know, somebody shows up at a streaming service with a good idea and says, "What if we tried this? Maybe we can do something." Like. Can you imagine a world if people just didn't watch Stranger Things? Fuck, we'd be fucked. Like, like <laughs> we'd, you know, we'd be definitely missing something because, but like Stranger Things is against the grain of sort of what we're talking about. They they continuously, I I don't know how they do it. They continuously make it good. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, wish I could I, tell you. I wish I could talk to you more about it because I'm I will watch like it. that. That is something for sure. I will watch because because we the whole house likes it. Um. But uh, the boys is tough because if I can't get Beth to like the boys, then it's just going to be me. Yeah. And I have well, I, I like the boys. I'll tell you why I like this. because the boys is um, it's very socially conscious, very socially aware. Like there's themes in it that are directly related to like Trumpism and things right. like you can you can you can draw easy parallels and, and they don't go too far to try to hide. Um, and it's so it's a very it's very political that way. But it's also the way that superheroes would probably actually be. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and uh, um, 
the the main the main antagonist in that one his name is homelander uh is like the the analog to superman and he is what superman would would absolutely be in 2022 <laughs> right right no and i like that like i've seen plenty i know i know carl urban's in, and i really like carl urban yeah i just i just need to sit and like do it um but it is on the list i promise it's, it's, and it's and it's masked in like there's it's hyper violent and oh, very sure. sexualized and like it is not for kids at all but i i really enjoy it just because uh it's a take on superheroes that that we don't often see you know yeah. and yeah. the boys are like the normal the normies <laughs> right mm. that are like fuck this fuck this order fuck this like sham and fuck your superheroism you know like you do you do more damage than than good and you know fuck you and that's why i like it (laughs) because i i like to say fuck you to power all the time (laughs) yeah man absolutely hey let's let's transition just for a second because we're wrapping up but i I've, i've wanted to tell you this so i've been getting into punk um certain kinds of punk and uh, so I, I started listening speaking to of Ant- fuck you. <laughs> yes, we're going to fuck you. So I started listening to anti flag. Uh-huh. Um, mostly because I found out that one of the professional wrestling promotions I watched that's based out of Pittsburgh, like one of the, the guys from anti flag, like do all of their theme songs for them. Yeah. Like well, anti flag's from cool. Pittsburgh. I know that. That's why I, that's yeah. why I bring it up. Like, so like I, I realized it, like, like I started listening to anti flag, because somebody like I follow on Twitter was like, hey, I'm listening to this cool, this cool track, uh, Die for Your Government by Anti Flag. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'll listen to that. I liked it. And then I yeah. discovered that Enjoy Wrestling, this, this, I, 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 sometimes I go to Pittsburgh. I've done it once, but I watch it on YouTube when it comes on. Yeah. There's a, there's a gay wrestling promotion in Pittsburgh called Enjoy. Yeah. You, you sent me the link. I quite enjoyed it. Fucking great stuff, man. It's, it's yeah. really good. And I saw it live and it was, and it was a, a blast to see it live. Um, but yeah, they got like the guys from Anti Flag like right, I, it, they at least write the uh, like the the theme song for them. They they create right. them, um, and it's fucking cool. But like I've been listening to Anti Flag, I've been listening to Bad Brains, uh-huh. and I just I like because YouTube knows I'm listening to some of this. They were like, "Hey, there's this documentary they did in Minnesota on the Minnesota hardcore punk scene, and there's this band called Husker Du that you might oh like. yeah." And so I like started listening to Husker Du, and I was like, "This is cool." Like, like, sure, yeah, yeah. Like, and I've always listened to Black Flag from time to time, and so like yeah. I've kind of put Black Flag in there again too. And so I've just I've been meaning to tell you that because I I'm like, "Oh, this is fun." But like the the little documentary about Husker Du that I watched, they uh they like basically they they're because they're all still around, they're they're doing stuff, yeah. and and they're like, yeah, like our our first break, our first big break outside of just like beating our instruments into dust in like my my mom's basement was jella biafra invited us to to you know california uh-huh. to like tour with them for a little bit and basically we showed up in jella biafra's apartment and we just lived there for like two months <laughs> and like we like forged all these government documents so that we could get food stamps and like and that's just what we did and and like we just we just fucked around and we <laughs> we played with with the, the dead Kennedys, and, and that was <laughs> that was what we did. And I, and I'm like, that's cool. I love that. I think that's great. Um, but yeah, I've been. Uh, I wanted to tell you that I, I don't really have much to say other than that because I just put it on. Like I'll just like put it on and and kind of like kind of like go as I drive to the church, listening <laughs> to listening to Anti Flag and and Husker Du. And I actually saw Anti Flag. I've seen Anti Flag couple of times at, at actual anti-flag shows but one time my cousin and i were in pittsburgh we went down to see flogging molly oh that's so cool and uh I, I don't remember who the other act it might have been dropkick murphy's it was flogging molly and it was very like all these very irish bands right yeah and we went to, we always go down to south side on and and get hammered um just walking around on the scene at Southside, which is Southside is in Pittsburgh, but it's kind of like just like a small town in and of itself. But it's just a bunch of bars and people being drunk all the time. Um, so there's a there's a bar down there. Or there was a bar called the Smiling Moose. Okay. And 
we would we would go in there and we'd get drunk and then we'd go to whatever shows we were going to. And this particular time we were down there and they have like it's not a very big bar, like it's kind of a narrow long bar, like it's probably yeah. only like 30 feet wide, but it's like a hundred feet deep, right? Yeah. And at the very end, there's like a pool table, and then there's like a small, like six-inch riser stage thing that's that's not very much bigger than a, like what you could put a drum kit on. And it's just for like acoustic acts and whatever. And uh, there was like, there was maybe 20 or 30 people in the bar. And then this band came out and they just like set up their thing and they started playing. And it was fucking anti-flat. <laughs> they, just, they just decided they were going to play there that night. And so like there was like 25 people in the bar when they started. And then there was like 300 because word gets around, you know, and I was right. like, holy fucking shit. I just saw a free anti flag show. And it was awesome. <laughs> and it was amazing. like it was like just super intimate. And like they were right, right there. They're like, right. It's just shit that I do in Hellbent every weekend. Right. <laughs> you know, only only it was anti flag. It was <laughs> like a really good band. And they were just like they were in town. They had a show the next night at the stage AE or whatever. And they were like, well, let's have a practice. Ah, let's just go play a show. So they went down to the Smiling Moose, talked to the owner. Don't tell anybody what we're going to play tonight. And the Smiling Moose owner is like, cool. Yeah, what am I going to say? That <laughs> was awesome. And then we ended, up, really we ended up missing Dropkick because we stayed and watched anti <laughs> That's worth it. That's worth it. What is the, un- it, I think it's the, un- no, it's not the Onion, the, the Hard Times, the uh, other satirical website I like to yeah. look at sometimes. After every, they, they put the same, uh, like article out after every um uh saint patrick's day uh dropkick yeah. murphy's goes back to cave for another year you know <laughs> they, they, yeah they they, they hibernate only up until until this uh which makes me laugh no i so like one of these days when when i have a little more time like in other words when my comps are done so by around this time next year um i will come up and I and we will go to Pittsburgh so we can see an enjoy show. Okay. Because uh, I think you would love. I think it's. I think I do. I think you'd just be like, man, this is so fucking cool. Like it's so gay and weird and <laughs> and and violent and, and you know there's blood squirting everywhere and 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 everybody's incredibly gay, you know, <laughs> and it's amazing. Um, but like in the so in enjoy, it obviously it's based in Pittsburgh. Well, their champion is this uh, bisexual wrestler named MV Young who who's like he's he's kind of built like he's actually built a little bit like you so he's kind of he's a little stocky he's got really broad shoulders and he's got this phenomenal gut you know and i mean <laughs> this i mean this with all the love in the world like he's, he's got he's riddled with tattoos he's got this phenomenal gut and and he's 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 got this porn star wife you know and and he's and he's and like legitimately and and he's you know does all this stuff um, he's very gay. He's super violent. Like his, he works this really violent, like just like bludgeoning style where he's just, he's just like pounding guys into the dust. But <laughs> when he's not, and he's their champion. And so he'll, he'll wrestle for them. But when he's not like working for them and like doing things, he does stuff in Portland or whatever. He runs uh, ringless shows in Pittsburgh local bars. And yeah. so what he'll do is he'll like, he'll go to a bar with another guy. He'll, he'll, you know, talk to the bar owner and they'll advertise, yeah, at like 10, MV Young and, you know, whoever are going to be by and they're going to beat the shit out of each other. And that's <laughs> what they do. Like MV and, and his opponent show up at 10 p.m. at a local Pittsburgh bar and they just start fucking wailing on each other. Like, <laughs> like pick shit up and like smash it into each other's faces, cut each other up. Like they just have this match in this bar and people are like, yeah, <laughs> oh, great. You know, and, and like drinking and, and they're like, they'll do it for like 40 minutes and then, and then they'll like mop each other up and then envy will sit there until the bar closes and just get drunk with everybody. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Like, like, like to go to one amazing. of those. That's what we need. Yeah, to do. <laughs> that's cool. Like, 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 that's what I like. You know, and 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 it is, and every there's videos on YouTube of people just like, what the fuck is going on? And MV's just like pounding a guy's face in, and and the bartender's like, cool, like like people are like, should we call the police? They're like, no, no, it's fine. That's what we, it's okay. Um, really, really cool. Um, and I love, I'd love that. You know, like I met MV um when I saw the show in Pittsburgh months ago. Like I, I was kind of we like waited after, and 
you know, and shook hands with people and bought some merchandise and, and, you know, Envy's porn star wife shows up and it sets up his, his table and, you know, and all that. And, and Envy comes in, he's got this like just gash from the match, you know, on his forehead, he's kind of mopped <laughs> up and he's just in his trunk. So he's, he's basically naked. And, and 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 we're like, oh man, we came all the way from Charlottesville to see you. And he's and he's like, good. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what you do. You know, people should be coming from all over the fucking country to see MV Young. And I'm like, That's, <laughs> you're right, sir. You're the man. You know. <laughs> but he he listens to Anti Flag like all the time. That's like his thing. And so like he'll yeah. he'll like he's like just got into a fight with another Seven Eleven gas station employee, which is not true. But like but he'll he'll like. Like posts like uh like listening to whatever anti flag song thinking about beating the shit out of a out of a out of a sheets employee today how about that you know and he'll talk about it. it's a lot of fun it's a ton of fun um it's like high art like like the gay stuff is like high art like like we're talking drag plus like violence and it's amazing so that's cool. Well, this was, we still did a nerdy episode, Matt. Like, we still we managed to do we it. We can't harm ourselves. We're nerds. We are nerds, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Well, this is good. I will sign us off, if that's okay. Okay. Friends, thanks for listening. It's been an episode of Who Could Chats with Matt and Ethan. We'll see you again next time. Cool, man. Well, I'm really excited for you with your uh, baby news. That's great. Thank you. So, I want to get down to see you guys. Um, I don't know how soon I'm going to be able to do that with all of our shows. Sure. We have a we have a gig this Friday, tomorrow night, and we have a gig next week that's in Hazen. It's the Monsters Festival. That's going to be a big one. Oh, cool! So awesome. yeah, there's going to be like ten thousand people at that one. So we, <laughs> we need to practice. But uh, you know, I think we have some openings in July. Maybe might be able to. Uh, so I'm. Down a, for a week. I'm actually going to be at camp for some of the weekends of July. So like at least one of those weekends, if you're around, I'll probably end up sleeping at your house. Oh well, then that's um, fine too. Yeah. But but you guys, we would love to have you guys. You know, around down again. I I, I would totally dig that. Well, I want to get down there. I was talking to Amanda about it, and I was like, I I want to get down there before Beth is like uncomfortably pregnant you know yeah, or she's just like go away leave us leave us alone that's like, not I don't how Beth would ever be. <laughs> he's, he's happy to see you guys no matter what that that's that would be that's a non-issue but uh no you, i would love for you guys to be down again you guys can uh um if you you should do it in the summer but if you really want to cause problems you should see if it's almost going to be impossible for you but take a day off of work and come and like crash my class this fall. Oh, that would be and fun. Just, <laughs> just show up with the 40 undergrads and being like, I think God's a woman. You know, I'll be like, <laughs> partial credit to Matt, you know, who else thinks God's a woman? You know, like, like it, it's going to be because I'm still putting the syllabus together. And so I've got. Uh, oh, I will absolutely shit. do that. I, yeah, I will absolutely that. do that. I will definitely take it. I'll take a day off on paid to come down and do that. That'd be fun. I'll show up and I'll really fuck them off. I'll be like, I, I think that we're actually, you're actually worshiping the devil. <laughs> cool. You know, I, I'd be like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same way. No, that'd be great, man. I, I totally dig it. Yeah. Between that. And so I'm, let me tell you one more thing before I let you go. So I've, I'm yeah. putting my syllabus together, making that all happen. Um, it's coming along. I, I'm finally kind of getting at like, I'm designing the whole class myself. Like the only thing I have is the title of the class and everything else is up to me. And so like, I'm trying to, uh, and, and I don't want to like, I don't want to be the dude. I, I read 500 pages a fucking week. I'm not going to make these kids do anything close to that. They're, they're fucking yeah. undergrads. It's their first year because yeah. it's a gen ed course. Like I don't have time for this. And so I'm trying to like, have it be readable and like, all that crazy stuff. But I got a, a, a phone call. You're going to love this. So I got a phone call from, uh, I got an email, first of all, from this guy named Aaron Anderson, like two weeks ago. And he's like, Hey, you know, I got connected. I got your name from, from some different folks. And, and I know that you write about uh, this theologian, uh, Dorothy Zola, which I do. I was like, yeah, I, I read, I research and write about Dorothy Zola. And he's like, uh, well, I'd really like to pay you. I'd like to pay you $250 to write uh like a 300 3000 word article for the magazine that i uh, that i edit uh would you be interested can can i call you and we can talk it out i was like yeah sure and so i i get this phone call from aaron anderson 
and we're talking. Aaron Anderson is the editor or the managing editor for uh, for Bias Magazine, which uh-huh. is a which is a publication of the Institute for Christian Socialism. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and and he wants and and he wants me to to write about Dorothy Zola uh, for for it. So I was like, yeah, sure. So I'm I'm sort of putting this this article together for for this for this publication. And I and I asked him. I was like, so two things came out of this meeting. I was like, so, um, who gave you my name? Like, like, how did you come up with this? And he's like, well, Charles Marsh gave me your name initially. You know, the, the do I work yeah. with at UVA? Yeah. Um, but then, uh, um, uh, one of one of our like like who's on our board of direct a guy who's on our board of directors and who's a friend of Charles Marsh who's who's you know, read some of your work that Marsh has given him, uh, also vouched for you. And I was like, oh, who? Cornell West. What? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Cornell West? (laughs) And he's like, yeah. I was like, Wow, Cornell West is reading your shit. That's fucking. I, I imagine Cornell West read one of my things, like, like, and that was it. Like, like he was like, "Yeah, it sounds good, Charles." You know, it's probably how it went. You know, but he's like, "Yeah." Cornell West was like, "Yeah, I have, probably have this Ethan kid do it. I'm sure it'll be fine." Um, but I was like, "Wow, holy shit!" And That's then the, awesome. you need cool. to get Cornell West to be a guest on Hookah Chats. That would <laughs> be you're, wild. Since you're that, in the click now, since you that would be nuts. That would be nuts. And you know, he he'd be like, he'd be like, of course, my brother. Like he'd show up and he he would trounce us both. Like, like we would just be like, man, brother West, we we can't do we can't say anything. Like, like, like you are the man. Like, oh man. But um the second thing that came out of that was like we were he and I talked for like 40 minutes. And uh and I told him, I was like, well, I'm just because I still produce this like podcast for Charles Marsh at, at the project for lift theology. We're, we're working on our third episode and I just produced a second episode on Dorothy Zola. Like, like Char- Mark, Dr. Marsh asked me to do that. So I like kind of crafted this episode and interviewed this theologian who works with her work and it, it turned out good. I'll send it to you if you're interested. It, 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 I think it worked out. Um, but I just told him, I was like, well, you know, Aaron, like this, ep- this episode's going live. I'll, I'll send it to you so you kind of have a sense of what I'm doing with Dorothy Zola, if you're interested. He goes, oh, you podcast. I was like, yeah, I, I do podcasts. I podcast your project and I do some other things and it's yeah. fun. And he's like, well, you know, I'd love to talk to you more about that because at the Christ- Institute for Christian Socialism, we're, we're trying to kind of figure out how to sort of dive into that in a meaningful way and do more digital humanity stuff to, to get things out. And I had this like moment where I was like, how fucking wild would it be <laughs> if it's not the PhD, yeah. it's not the MDiv, <laughs> it's not it's, the library stuff. It's, it's what the hell is a pastor? <laughs> what the hell? Is, it, it's even worse than that. It's one time in seminary, I wanted to do a, a pro wrestling podcast with my friend Angie. <laughs> and that's where it began. You know, like... like how wild would it be if that was my job? Like, like, I'd be like, yeah, I work for the Institute for Christian Socialism as their digital humanities person. Because once upon a time, I thought it would be funny to listen to my own voice talk about how much I like pro wrestling. <laughs> and apparently nobody knows how to do this, even though it's really not that complicated like, to put a podcast together. Uh, I, was, I was just like, you, cool. You know, I was like, yeah, Aaron, I'd love to talk to you about that stuff. Um, so that's what's going on with me right now. That'd I'm, be great if you could make a living as a podcaster. That'd be that'd be fun as hell, man. I agree. Like, I'd agree. I mean, we do this shit just because we're we don't get to see each other very often. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd be get wild too, you know. God, I get paid to do it. Great. No, I'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and so those are the those are the fun kind of kind of wild things that are happening to me. I'm actually putting a syllabus together that like undergrads are ha- gonna have to read. Yeah. It's going to be nuts, you know, to to have them read them, and then I'm also like getting paid for the Institute for Christian Socialism to write three thousand words on a Christian socialist, which hey, and you're and you're best friends with Cornell West. Now. Yeah, now Cornell West and I are buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Cornell West, Cornell West, are you kidding? Me? <laughs> okay, he's like 
you know, I, I Cornell West routinely makes me laugh because he's he's so fearless, you know, yeah. at everything. And so like a couple this was like two years ago, so and then I'll let you go. Like Cornell West has famously worked for pretty much every like Ivy League school, yeah. like in one form or another, you know, and because he's Cornell West. And yeah. and um he was at Harvard. He was at the Divinity School at Harvard for like the last six years. And then they didn't give him tenure. <laughs> they denied Cornell West tenure, which, which I'm like, how do you, how do you deny you Cornell doing? West tenure? Like, what are you talking about? So they, they denied him tenure. And so he left. He just like left well, Harvard. And, and he as now, you would. as you would, and he, and he works now for this theological seminary in New York. Like they, they were like, do you want to work for us? And he's like, yeah, fuck them. Of course. <laughs> so like, he's now like, like, imagine that, like, I'm going to be a pastor and you sign up for a class and it, Cornell West walks in. <laughs> he's like, Hello, you know, but, but like he, he wrote this open letter. And it's the Cornell West, and right? It's, it's actually not like, Cornell it's not West. Like, it's like not Cornell West from like Hackensack, New Jersey, Cornell West. It's right, like- right. <laughs> it's like the guy, you know, and, and like he wrote this, this open letter, you know, after he left Harvard, just like about him being denied tenure. But like, he, he, like, he just like, it was like a good, like three pages of him just being like, let me talk to you about the spiritual rot at Harvard University. <laughs> Let's discuss the absolute sinful abomination, you know, that, that is that is Harvard, you know, and he just and he just rips them to shreds. And 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 I'm like, this is the guy, this is the guy who famously called Obama a house negro. Like, like yeah. this guy, this guy is not fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> Like you called Obama a house negro? Holy shit, brother! Like, like that's amazing. <laughs> so, we will see what happens with that. But I, I wanted to tell you that because it's wild. Awesome, cool, buddy. Well, I will let you know uh, what we do tonight. We, we will either watch Kenobi tonight or we might start um, Stranger Things tonight. I don't know. Okay, but we will see. But I'll keep. If informed. you if you watch Stranger Things tonight, don't let Adria see it because. Like I said, I got the Father of the Year award by letting Maddie watch the first couple of seasons of Stranger Things, and she was into it. But this one is not like this one is dark. It is right. Nightmare on Elm Streety. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, I'm excited for that. You can I let her watch Kenobi good. though, because she's not gonna care. She's already yeah. seen it. She's already so- <laughs> seen it. Exactly. She's like, it yeah. seems like all the other shows I watch. And I'm like, well, it's because yeah. it is. It's exactly like that. <laughs> all righty, buddy. I love you. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care, brother. See you. Bye.